0: to the City Church Podcast. We hope that you will be abundantly blessed by this message. If you would like to find out more about the city, please log on to our website, www.thecity.sg. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for this wonderful morning. And Father, we pray for the families that are traveling, having holiday. You will bless them. God, those who are sick back at home, Lord, your healing grace will be upon their lives. And Father, we ask God that this morning we'll have a wonderful time in Your Word. Open our eyes to see wondrous things in Your Word. And Father, we pray that You will confront us again with, uh, in our wrong beliefs, that Lord, we can become more like You as we align our thoughts and align our value system to Yours. Pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. Now, masks were, were worn by individuals to protect their identities, Right? The person wearing masks is oftentimes transformed into a a different person uh, and they behave differently than what they might normally behave. And we have our superheroes and one of my favorite superheroes is Batman. Now, we've got no idea that... uh, What's his name? Bruce, right? Bruce Wayne is Batman when he put on his mask and he behaved totally different. In the daytime, he was this uh, billionaire that does research and you know, live uh, a, a life in wealth and in comfort, but at night he put on his mask and he starts fighting crime, and so he was behaving like two different people, all right in the day, at night. Now Jesus spoke about people who wore masks, but they were not worn for temporary periods of pretending. they were worn permanently, and their masks allowed them to appear to be something that they were not Jesus called these people hypocrites. The word hypocrite in ancient times was a word used to describe a stage actor. A good actor was a good hypocrite. And that is, he or she played the part so well that no one could tell that they were acting. When Jesus was walking the face of the earth, his greatest battles were against the religious hypocrites of his day most notably the Pharisees. Say the Pharisees. There were approximately 6,000 Pharisees in New Testament times, making them by far the largest and the most influential group of Jewish religious leaders within Judaism. The name Pharisee means separated ones. They were ultra-Orthodox conservatives, strictly following the Mosaic law and scrupulously carrying out what was then called the scribble rulings, which is in Jesus' day, numbered 613 and counting, all based from oral tradition that uh, came from their history. So why did Jesus feel it was so important to expose Phariseism so forcefully that He actually spent a whole chapter in the Gospel of Matthew confronting the Pharisees? Now, you have to understand that this Jesus, who was the Lamb of God, meek and mild, healed the sick, cast out demons, very patient with sinners, sat down with tax collectors, visited the home of uh, Levi, and spent hours dining and whining with sinners. But when it, when, But when He faced the Pharisees, He became a totally different person. He was angry, He was upset, He pulled out His spiritual whipping rod and start confronting the pharisees calling them all kinds of names which we will read calls them white wash uh white wash tomb calls them uh, uh you actors you put of you put of vipers and he calls them all kinds of not so nice names this is jesus the same jesus who was loving and embracing children overturned the money changers in temples and scolding and rebuking Pharisees. Now Jesus has an axe to grind with the Pharisees. Let's read chapter 23 of Matthew uh, and verses 1 to 13 and then I'll just briefly tell you why we need to confront Phariseeism in our church, in our own personal life but also in the body of Christ. But let's read Matthew 23 and verses 1 to 13. Then Jesus said to the crowds and to His disciples, The teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat. So you must be careful to do everything they tell you, but not do what they do, for they do not practice what they preach. They tie up heavy cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries wide and the tassels on their garments long. They love the place of honour at banquets and the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. But you are not to be called rabbi for you have one teacher and you are all brothers. And do not call anyone on earth father for you have one father and He is in heaven. Nor are you to be called instructors, for you have one instructor, the Messiah. The greatest among you will be your servant, for those who exalt themselves will be humble, and those who humble themselves will be exalted. Woe to you, teachers of the law, and Pharisees, you hypocrites, you shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those Enter who are trying to, and this is the beginning of actually seven woes. And so, in one chapter, Jesus pronounced seven curses, seven woes on the Pharisees. Now, that's pretty serious. Imagine Jesus preaching to us and he's calling us, You are cursed, you're woe to you, you, you hypocrites, you teachers of the law. And so, Jesus spent a whole chapter pronouncing woes on the Pharisees. So, why did he have an axe to grind with the Pharisees? Now, why are we talking about this? in this series, The Radical Jesus. I believe there were at least three reasons. Not on the screen, but just let me share briefly with you the three reasons why we're talking about Phariseeism this morning. Phariseeism needs to be exposed because, number one, false transformation will keep us from experiencing true spiritual transformation. Now, all of us want to experience authentic spiritual transformation in our lives. Amen? Amen. Yes, we want to be shaped and formed into the likeness of Jesus Christ. We want to become more like Him, reflecting Christ in the world. We want God to do in us what we cannot do ourselves. But false transformation, Phariseeism threatens to keep us from becoming like Jesus. They focus on outward performance and not inward change. And we'll talk more about that as we go along. But that's what Pharisee does. It's all outward Looking good, and instead of inward transformation. The second reason we need to expose this spirit of of Phariseeism is that it is killing the church today. You must understand, friends, that this spirit is well and alive after 2,000 years. No one is walking in the church today calling themselves a Pharisee, but Pharisees are in our midst. And some of us are recovering Pharisees. I, for one... I'm not, a, I'm not a recovering alcoholic, but I'm a recovering Pharisee. It is killing the body of Christ. It's not only just robbing individuals of their Christian experience, it's robbing the church of her power and her purpose. See, Paul said in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verse 5, he says that these people had a form of godliness, but denying its power. We look the part, but there is no power in our Christian life. reminds me of a song we used to sing in youth groups. I said on Sunday, how much I want revival. You remember the song, youth group? But then on Monday, I can't even find my Bible. Where's the power? The power of the cross in my life. Have a form of godliness, but denying the power of the gospel In our lives. See, Phariseeism will kill a church because it robs the church of this life giving power when it ceases to honor the living Lord Jesus Christ. See, friends, without Jesus and without the power of the gospel working in our hearts, It's only a form of spirituality, but denying the power thereof. And have we we met Christians who are like that? They look the part on Sunday, they put on their suit, but on Monday they live like a totally different person. And the biggest hindrance to the church witness in the world, and you can ask Christians who struggle for years in becoming part of the faith, and if you ask them why, they would say because they're all hypocrites. I know someone, I know so-and-so, I know my colleague, I know my relative. They go to church on Sunday, but they live like the devil on Monday. Of course, I've got nothing to do with this faith. And that's why we we must expose the spirit of Phariseeism in the body of Christ. The third reason why we're exposing this spirit this morning is that we have to expose false salvations. We think that we are saved, by the list that we check off every day. We pray in the morning, we read five chapters of the Bible, we pay our tithe, we go to church, part of a small group, we don't smoke, we don't drink, we don't sleep around, we don't watch movies. And we just check off all this list and there's a form of Christian living, the boundary that we set for our own selves and we thought... We're safe. Really? If you've, if you've been to the south in the US, you will meet many believers on Sunday. The churches are filled on Sunday in the south, whether it's in Dallas, Texas, whether it's you know, in uh, Birmingham, Alabama. It's they, all filled with Christians. And they are really nice. They will look at me and I'm the only Chinese guy when I was there. And they say, oh brother, it's so good to see you. Oh, you are such a blessing. And they say nice sounding things. But is salvation a list of do's and don'ts? Come on. Come on, help me preach. Is it just a list of do's and don'ts? Of course not. Turn to the person next to and say, of course not. Your list will not save you. It is when you put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ and, 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 you, and you embrace the work of the cross and, and when you said it is your blood that cleanses me, it is then that we are saved and we are born again is when we declare that He is the Lord of our lives. Amen? Because salvation is not what we do. It's all about what God has done. There is no place for true biblical faith in the life of a Pharisee. He or she is trusting in himself. And Jesus told a whole parable in Luke chapter 15. Sinner and the Pharisees, and he loved them all. And so I pray that in this message that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because if you read Luke chapter 15, the father was pleading with the elder brother, type of the Pharisee. And the father said, please come home, I want you home. See friends, if we are recovering Pharisees this morning, there is no condemnation. God wants you home, Amen. The Father wants you home. You see, the elder brother has got nothing to repent from. The the elder brother has got no list. If you look at his life, he's perfect. He's the model Christian. He doesn't swear. He doesn't curse. He doesn't watch YouTube video uh, when he sees uh, when he watches something that has got the name Jesus in movies. Switch it off. I mean, he's the perfect Christian. And yet, he exhibits some of these characteristics we will, we will talk about. So, at this juncture, I want to confess, friends, that I am a recovering Pharisee. And I suspect that there are a lot of people in this church who can say an amen to that as well this morning. I was with uh, the staff one of the, the days and freer mornings, so I took the guitar. And I played. It is you. It is you. It is you that I love. And they were all around me. And Mel was saying, "Oh, you can play the guitar." I said, "Yeah, I'm pretty good." So I was playing. <laughs> so I was playing the guitar, and uh, and tears were were welling up in my eyes. And I turned to one of uh, the people working in the office, and, and and I said, "I didn't know why the faith has become so complicated." I've been a believer for for 20 years, and that song was my favorite song growing up, and I was just playing it, It Is You, and my mind drifted back to me as a young Christian, and no responsibility, not a pastor. In fact, my pastors didn't like me, and I was in the crowd in the front, and every time when we worship. My hands will be up. I didn't even bother how the sound was like, whether the band's playing uh, in tune. I'm just lost in worship because of the grace and because of the mercy of God in my life. I was a sinner. He saved my life. It is you that I love. Not the church, not my cell group, not the brand of Christianity. It is you that I love. And I was just almost close to tears. I wanted to go to a corner and... <laughs> and and just cry but that is what we have lost for many of us amen and the bible says do not let anything Take away that simplicity of your devotion to Jesus Christ. And I pray that this morning we will come back to that first love. We would come back to that place of simply knowing Him. Let's not play church. Let's take away all our masks. Let's come before Him and face His glory and and allow the light of His Word to expose the darkness within. Amen. Amen? And so we can just come freely and openly before the throne of grace and say, Father, I have blown in. I've, I've lost my first love. I've left my first love and I'm coming back to you as a little child. Restore to me that innocence, that simplicity of knowing Christ. It's complicated. Being Christians nowadays and pastors in churches, including myself, don't help. I mean, we're always preaching against that and we'll talk more about that. But what about just talking about Him? and drawing us back to simply knowing Him, and not the church's agenda and what we want to do. Amen. So all recovering, uh, to all recovering Pharisees this morning, I've got a few confessions to make. I entitled this message, Confessions of a Pharisee. If I can just put like a little arrow there, and you know, in cursive, recovering Pharisee. I'm no longer bound in Phariseeism, um, I'm recovering And I need your help to help me recover and vice versa. So what are these characteristics from this passage? Number one in verse three. I don't practice what I preach. I don't practice what I profess. See friends, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees speak truth. Which is why Jesus said, Do what they say, but don't do what they do. See, the law is not bad. I mean, the Ten Commandments are there for us to follow. Good. It doesn't save us, but these are standards that God wants us to live by. But the teachers of the law and the Pharisees, they preach truth, but they don't always practice what they preach. They say and they do not do. No action talk only. NATO. These are NATO Christians. You see, Pharisees spend more time talking about what they are against not what they are for. That was me. I'm against watching movies. I'm against movies having swear words. I'm against girls wearing short skirts coming to church. I'm against spaghetti stripes. I'm against secular music. I'm against... Now see, these are all not wrong. But if we major on what we're against, the church becomes a negative place when we're supposed to demonstrate what we believe. Jesus demonstrated what he believes. He believed in mercy and grace. He's embracing the sinners. Of course, he was against their lifestyle. He didn't like the fact that they were drunkards and uh, that they were taking advantage of their fellow countrymen, the tax collectors. But Jesus welcomed them in. So Jesus demonstrated what he believes. He didn't just go around preaching and say, I'm against your behavior. I'm against you know, what you post on Facebook. You know, I'm against on the way you dress. But demonstrate what you believe. You will never see me or, or my wife coming to church skimpily dressed. No. We don't believe it. We want to honor God, but we don't come and say, you know what, all of you who wear like that, you know, we put up like, you know. And there was a time when in our youth ministry, I was doing that. We put up slides. This one thick, we wear, this is how we dress. The skirt must be over, you know, the kneecap and then no spaghetti stripes and this is how you should wear and, you know, like, it's tiring. But there are Christians and there are pastors out there that spend the majority of their time telling this is how you should wear, this is what you should not wear and then the music. All right, they, will, they will list down the lyrics and say, this is what you should listen to, this is what you should not listen to, and underline, highlight. Now, friends, I pray that we'll all grow in discernment, that we will look at the lyrics and discern by the Holy Spirit that this is a good song, this is not a good song, and the Holy Spirit, who is our teacher, will guide us to the truth. Amen? Because one day, Daniel wouldn't be there when you travel to... And there's no one there to tell you you can do this, you can't do that, you are allowed to drink this, you can't drink that. Come on, we must teach our people living the Spirit-led life. Allowing the Holy Spirit to teach us, to guide us, to counsel us. Amen. So Jesus demonstrated what He believes. I used to tell my young people to honor their parents. The fourth commandment, give you long life. Because every youth pastor knows that that is the right, the, the right thing to say, right? Honor your father and mother. will give you long life, long spiritual life, powerful ministry, blah, 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 blah. But I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. My parents were uh, here. You can ask them. Even into my marriage, I remember there was once, I went to their home and I, I lost my cool. There was an argument and I took the padlock, you know, from my parents' place. And I just threw it on the floor because I can't throw it at them, right? So I throw it on, on the floor and I stomp out of the house. Titus was about four years old then. And on our way home, Titus turned to me and said, Dad, why are you so angry with my grandmother? And I didn't know what to say. Tears were in my eyes and I said, Titus, that's a wrong behavior. I'm so sorry. I wasn't practicing what I was preaching. Now, but am I hard on myself and say, why, oh, you're a Pharisee? No, but the truth is this we must be honest. We just have to say that we're imperfect people. In fact, if you think that you're perfect, this church is not for you because there, there, there are no perfect people at the city. We're perfecting, we are becoming, but there are no perfect people in this church. And the pastor is not perfect. In fact, when people want to join our church, you know, from the front I look pretty nice. I play my part very well. But when a person comes to me and says, I want to be part of this church, Daniel, you are this, you are amazing, the you know, sermon is great, the worship is good. And i say, I'm so glad that you are blessed. But can I tell you five things that are wrong about me? <laughs> I'm serious. <laughs> I tell them that. I, and I'll say the church is working uh, progress there are areas that we're still working on i I mean if you've met me you would have heard that from me as well you you may not like a few of the things that you know I do i and I'll tell them <laughs> and so are you sure you want to join us because you may be disappointed you know five months down the road when you get to know me better I'm like that I, friends no one is perfect if any pastor stands up here and and, and, and things that he has, got, he has got it all together. He's the oracle of God. He has the, he's the mind of Christ. Can I suggest to you, run for your life. <laughs> I, I mean, Jesus demonstrated what he believes. See, Joy and I were supposed to teach a class on physical intimacy in, in MFL. And our class is here and they could tell you that you know, we were very honest that we are so busy, physical intimacy—we hardly had time to be intimate. <laughs> we have got to teach that class, <laughs> and we struggle right through that class. But being very open, saying that you know what, we need help as much as we can help you. I mean, I don't practice what I what I preach many times, and I'll and I'll say that. But I know what God's standard is, and we wanna. By God's grace, go after God, standard together. Amen? 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 See, many Christians speak Christianese. So we, we speak hallelujah, praise the Lord, to God be the glory. When you shake hands, oh hallelujah, oh praise the Lord. We could even quote Bible verses, like not my, not my will but your will be done. It's more blessed to give than to receive. Don't neglect the gathering of the saints, but do we do them? We don't. We don't. We know what is right, but we don't do them. And that's why we must be authentic and say, I'm struggling to fulfill God's will. But can you help me? I'm struggling to give. Can you help me? Amen. Number two. Confession number two. I hold others to a higher standard than what I hold myself to. I hold others to a higher standard than what I hold myself to a confession of a fellow Pharisee. See, the burdens which the scribes and the Pharisees bind upon the people are meticulous rules, such as food laws, you can eat this, you can't eat that, Sabbath regulations, purification ceremonies, tithing, blah, blah, blah. See, a Pharisee has high expectations on people. High! You must have a perfect marriage. You must be the perfect uh, employee in your workplace. You must be the perfect son. You must be the uh, perfect soldier. And we can list now what is perfect. So the Pharisees has high expectations on people. They often point out in others the very things that they themselves are guilty of. But they like to point fingers at people. And the Pharisees specializes in judging others but not realizing that they too fall short of God's glory. See, the Pharisees are hypercritical of people, but Jesus actually said we have to examine ourselves first. Before you point the finger, examine yourself first. Look at your own heart and this is what he says in Matthew chapter 7 verse 3. He says, we are to see the lock in our own eyes first before we could remove the speck in other people's eyes. And there's a lock on my eye which blinds me from my own fault and Many Christian leaders are like that. Amen? Aristotle said, the the unexamined life is not worth living. And I pray that every single day we will pray the prayer of David. Search my heart and know me and see if there is any wicked ways within me. And that's a good prayer. Say, God, search my heart. I want to know if there are things in my life that are misaligned or unaligned. God, align me. Align me, God. And not just pointing fingers. I used to eat pastas for lunch. Not spaghetti or linguine. Pastas. P-A-S-T-O-R-S. I'll meet my fellow pastors, whether it's from my church or from the network I was a part of, and we'll eat pastas for lunch. We'll talk about every other pastor who's not part of the circle. Oh, that that pastor is like that. That that pastor is just legalistic. That pastor is you know just compromising. That 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 pastor is preaching like false doctrine. That pastor is you know we the whole lunch and the more we talk about pastors, the fuller and the you know and the and the more excited we become. But we are the holy one. We we are the standard bearer. We we carry the cross. And sometimes, you know, I'll chew on churches for tea break. I'm not kidding you. It's a daily diet. I'll sit down and with a cup of tea, and, you know, we'll be saying, oh, that church is big, but they don't preach the whole truth. No, oh, that church ah, is baby church. They just preach salvation, they don't teach the deeper things of God's word. Are we all guilty? Oh, maybe it's just pastors, right? But that's what I did. I chew on pastors. I chew on churches for lunch. That's the fellowship. When we hear of a transfer from a known church to then a smaller church, we will gloat over it I say, Of course, they should be here. We teach the meat. And then we will meet these transferees and we will ask them everything that's bad about that church. They say, yeah, that's terrible. That's, that's horrible. And then in our hearts, we just tell ourselves, I'm so glad we're different. It's true, my friends. It's true. These are and, the, and the bigger the church is, the more we try to pull it down because we are Pharisees. We don't even know it, but we are it's not just pastors, friends. In our lives too. We're always pointing finger at other Christians. Oh, that Christian, not deep enough. Oh, no, don't read Song of Songs or Leviticus. Don't see the types and shadows. Only read oh, Psalms and Proverbs. Oh, I read 20 chapters. My pastor taught me. In this ministry, we, we chew on the Word. That ministry, ah... They say, read one verse. Nah. I mean, we spend our time talking like that. Even our work, right? I'm such a good worker. Why didn't they promote me? Look at that guy. I can't even think of one good thing to say and why did he become a manager? And we're always pointing fingers. But Jesus said, examine your own life. Amen? Amen examine see we should see other people can we do this as a church let's see people through listen the filter of their prophetic future instead of the failures of their past Let's look at our brothers and sisters and even other churches and even other groups and other ministries and your colleagues and other parents through the filter of their prophetic future and not the failures of their past. And those of us who are stronger should bear the burdens of the weak and if we can see what they can become, then by God's grace, we want to pull them from where they are to where God wants them to be with patience, with love, with kindness, through encouragement, loving, rebuke, but we want to pull them into God's best for their lives, not just push them and push them and push them. Amen? Amen. Come on, let's just do that because that's what God did. He called out the potential, not the problems in Gideon and in Paul. Amen. Number three. Confession number three, I love being noticed and honoured as a religious person. Let's read verses five and seven. I love, everything they do is done for people to see. They make their phylacteries, which really is like signs that they wear on themselves. They literally wear God's word and the bigger they wear, the more noticeable they are. and It's like a sign of their piety. And so the so the 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 Pharisees wear God. So it's a little bit like you know we we wear Christian cap, Christian T-shirt. You know the more. You know, uh, the more Christian verses we have, the more spiritual we are. It's exactly what these guys did. And the tassels on the garments long, they love the place of honoured banquets, the most important seats in the synagogues. They love to be greeted with respect in the marketplaces and to be called rabbi by others. They love to be noticed and honoured as a religious person. And I was like that. See, a major charge against the Pharisees was that of acting to be seen by men. Acting to be seen. They love to be greeted. They love to be formally introduced. They love special titles. They, you know, they... (laughs) If you call them brother, they say, no, I'm a reverend. Call me Reverend Chua. If you call them by their name, they will say, you eat, you, 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 (laughs) you... You, you, you! I don't know what to say! Do you know the fifth and the sixth woes in verses 25 and 28 in the same chapter were warnings against an outwardly regulated life that concealed an inner uncleansed life. The Pharisees were all about keeping up appearances. Jesus said they were whitewashed tombs. They cleaned the outside of the cup but failed to clean the inside. My friends, do we do what we do for the applause of men rather than God's commendation? Do we have the preeminence, the power? Do Must we have the recognition? Must we announce to every one of our spiritual activities or receive continual affirmation from others as an indicator of our spirituality? After fasting 40 days, do you post on Facebook your first meal and you look like finally after 40 days of fasting. And eh, and the whole one knows, wow, Andre is a spiritual man. 40 days. I can't even do 40 minutes. <laughs> See, when I was growing up and even sometimes... Nowadays, I feel good when young people from other churches recognize me. I feel good. I was once the leader of a network in Singapore. We plan the biggest youth gatherings in Singapore, Pastor Daniel Chua. And we say, Pastor Daniel, I say, are you from the city? No, are you from the council? No, I'm from XYZ Church. Oh, how come you know me? Yeah, I used to go for Ignite. It was the, 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 the conference you were speaking or you were chairing. And I feel like, oh, really? And on the inside, I say, no, no, it's all the past, history. But in my heart, I say, come on, man. Where would the youth ministry scene be in Singapore without Daniel Chua? (laughs) (laughs) Secretly, in my heart. I'll name drop. I'll meet different pastors and they'll say, oh... Bill Johnson this. I said, yeah, I used to I was having a meal with Bill the other day and I said, Well, you know Bill no lie just have a meal. <laughs> and I feel like wow, people know that Daniel is connected. Uh, I, wow, I know so many people <laughs> I'll be offended when some people don't call me by my title. I still remember having a conversation with Ming Wei. I just became a pastor in Cornerstone and pastor, all right. They prayed for me and I received my pastor title. And Mingwei, who was a friend who used to drive, uh, uh, we used to drive around to prayer meetings and you know, uh, we're friends since I was ten. I, I was twelve, but after I become a pastor, I'm a pastor, you know. And so you know, he said, "Hey, Dan," I said, "Mingwei, you know what? This is. You know, I'm not trying to." But we have to teach the young people what respect is. So if you don't mind, from now on, can you call me Pastor Daniel? You remember? You remember? And Ming Wei, being a kind soul, actually said, Yeah, I don't mind, because you know his heart is in the right place. My heart wasn't. You know, he, he really wanted to do the right thing. And I knew his house was in the right place. But I felt terrible after that. I thought to myself, I'm a sinner. I'm a hypocrite. See, one thing about me is I'm quick to repent. I'll go before God and say, God, what have I just done? But I was upset. I was upset. And I say, okay, from now on, call me daniel and i'll if if people call me pastor you know call me daniel and 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 i want to come to a place so i really mean it friends and and i and and i'll say this this is how my father in heaven calls me i'm a brother i'm not a rabbi. The Bible says, don't let anyone calls you a father or calls you an instructor. I'm just Daniel. That's what God calls me. I, I may be given the responsibility uh, to preach. This is my function, but it doesn't make me any special. We're all brothers. I'm Daniel. So feel free to call me Daniel. You know, we can have all the ordination. I, I'm a reverend and you can open doors to different countries, but don't put your focus on all these things. Friends, it's hilarious when sometimes you receive a letter and, you know, it's, this is from the presiding apostle of the Coalition of Apostles. Wow! So who is your, your apostle? God is my apostle. And so I make fun of people. You know, people say, oh, I'm Reverend Dr. So-and-so. I say, hi, have you met the Pope? <laughs> I mean... I, I was so religious. <laughs> but I was quick to repent, friends. See, I know believers who are constantly on the move from church to church looking for positions. And they're usually highly prophetic. And they have a gift. They would hear God, they would sense God, they see visions. And we, have, we had a fair share of that in our church too. And they would come and they want to be the prophetic voice, the eyes and the ears, and they would share things which I really honor and respect. But there were times when they would say something which I didn't think as the, as the leader in the house that this is what God is saying to us, at least not for this season. And I'll say, no, I don't think that we, we want to do that. We wouldn't go for that conference or that event. And they would then say, oh, on the side, I, I think Daniel is becoming stubborn. And then they would comment to a few groups and they would say, I think the cloud is moving from the city. And they would email me and say, Daniel, it's time for me to leave. God is leading me to another church. I'm following the cloud. Simply because I said, I don't think that's the right season for that word. But there are people like that in the body of Christ. They must be honoured. They must be given a seat. Their prophetic word must be acknowledged. Their giftings must be recognised. And, and there are people in the body of Christ looking for places of influence and they can't do what Andre taught. Wash the feet of those who are even lesser. See friends, the greater you are, if you think that you are, you are great, true greatness is when you can serve those who are under you. Amen? Serve those who are younger than you. Make them look better help them become more effective, more influential, more powerful in the Lord. Amen? But the Pharisees are more concerned about image management, but Jesus is after heart transformation. Don't focus on the outward. True change happens on the inside out. And if you're still work in progress, tell people in this area of my life, I'm work in progress. And there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Amen? You know, if you're still struggling with an area of uh, of uh, of sin or habits in your life, just in a safe environment, have one, two brothers or sisters, and tell them, "Can you keep me accountable? I need to be more patient. I need to uh, watch my temper." Can you? I mean, this is true fellowship, and not just us playing the part and looking good on Sunday. People think that we've got no problems. No, it's that that is not heart transformation. Jesus is after heart transformation. Amen? (laughs) My last point. Confession number four. I'm more concerned with keeping traditions and rules than following truth and deepening relationships. I'm more concerned with keeping traditions and rules than following truth and deepening relationships. Verse 13, please. And says, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites! You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Wrong verse. It's okay, but there's a verse somewhere there. That's why I'm a recovering Pharisee. I quote the wrong Bible verse. But basically, (laughs) the Pharisees are more concerned about rules and traditions. Pharisees value conformity, while Jesus loves diversity. Many Christians make a big deal about the doctrines they accumulate through hate knowledge. They make the mistake of thinking that having good doctrine means they are mature believers. The more doctrines you have, they go for this class, that fellowship, and they enjoy all the notes. Now, do that as much as possible. Grow in your understanding of the Word. But having accumulated hate knowledge doesn't make you a mature Christian. Otherwise, it'll be easy. Just go through a seminary after three years, memorize the Bible and ta-da, I'm perfect. You can put an S in front of you, super spiritual. It doesn't work like that. It it is not what you know in your head. It is how you live that, that shows how mature you are. If you want to know how mature you are, You can see from the response when trials come your way, when people comment about you, when people attack you, your response will show how mature you are. If you react, if you become angry, if you just unfriend people from Facebook or... Unless you're cleaning up the Facebook, all right? Just on that that note, I offended a lot of people because part of my recovery, there was one point I've got 5,000 friends on Facebook. Are they really friends? No, I collect them as I go around speaking in Indonesia. If you speak in Indonesia once, you have got 200 friends. <laughs> with weird names that I... Or if you go to Burma, they are big on Facebook, they will add you. And I used to collect friends and we compare ourselves. And Me and, and Andrew, you're one of my friends. Uh, and, and he leads worship and he has got like two accounts of 4,000, 5,000 friends. You know, Andrew 1, Andrew to Andrew too. And I thought to myself, I have to compete. I'm the pastor. You know, I, I should have 10,000 friends. So I was thinking, should I migrate to a fan page? And <laughs> and part of my recovery process, the, the Lord says, are they really your friends? Who are your friends? And I didn't announce it, so I offended a lot of people, but I started unfriending. I may, I may have unfriended so, 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 some of you too. I started so unfriending because I want to be authentic. I, you know, I want to be real. I want these friends to be people that are my friends, that I'm interested to know them. They are interested in my life. They are not just there to, uh, to look at what I'm saying and comment and criticize. And so I went through all my lists, and together with uh, the weed, I also cut down some grains. <laughs> that's what the Bible says. I, you know, I threw out some of my good friends, and so slowly over time, but people were offended, and they reacted, and they said, "Wow, Daniel now is unfriended me because of this and that." So I said, that's not my heart. But you know a person from their response. What if someone comes to you and comment on your dressing? You say, "Who do you think you are?" I say, "Thanks for sharing." You know. Jesus loves diversity. He reaches out to all men. He said this. He says, if they're not against me, they are for me. Whereas for a lot of Christians, if they're they're not for me, they're against me. But that's not what what the Bible says. The Bible says, if you are not against me, you are for me. Alright? Jesus' circle is much, much bigger than a lot of us. Our circle is small. You must be exactly like me. You must be a tongue talker. You, you know, must be a holiness preacher. You must be that you can be my close friends. Really? That that wasn't the life of Christ. Jesus had tremendous patience. As I said, if we think that we have got the higher revelation, then we should share. And invite a person to come along with us on this journey in knowing God, in finding freedom in discovering their purpose, we want to take people along with us on a journey, not exclude them because they believe differently, because they don't believe in speaking in tongues, because they, or they don't believe in uh, using drums in worship. We just exclude. You know, but that's not how we're supposed to live our lives. Amen? I remember one of uh, my cousins... He's always been very open to the gospel. Some of you might know him. But his vocation, he's a tattoo artist and one of the very best in Singapore. He actually tattoos. But he's been a seeker for a long time. And so he was saying to me a couple of years ago, he said he was at a wedding dinner once and he sat next to a pastor. And they were talking about the gospel and my cousin... Dan was sincerely very open to embrace Christ into his life. He has since then become a Christian. I'm, I mean, he's, he's struggling with this. Can I just be a tattoo artist? Why the church? You know, he's still struggling. But that day, when he was at the seat, the pastor said to him, if you want to become a Christian, you must first quit your job. You must remove all your tattoos and then you can follow Christ. When he said that to me, in my heart, I was grief. My blood was boiling. My blood was boiling. I said, "Who is this pastor? Can I just see my reaction?" The Pharisee in me is confronting a Pharisee and another. But I said, "That is wrong. That's wrong. That's not. That is not the gospel." Amen? The gospel is a seed that plants into your heart. If you nurture it, water it, the gospel would, would grow and the Holy Spirit will come and, and, and tell you, hey, maybe it's time you get a different vocation or maybe it's time you use it for the glory of God. God leads us very differently. In this area of secular music, and I grew up listening, as I said to some of you, to 933 San Sing Ping Tao. I still like Chinese ballads. My kids will protest in the car when I turn. Why one hundred Because that's my age. Jiu San for younger people. But I, but I love ballads. And when I was growing up, I listened to both English ballads but also Chinese. I love love songs. I'm, I, I love the feeling of being in love. When I fall in love, it will be... I, I, I just love... I, know, I love all the emo songs growing up. And even after I become a Christian, you know, I'll be tuning in at night when I was 15 years old. I think my brother remembers. And because in those days, it's very popular for admirers to dedicate songs. And so I thought, I'm not, I'm not bad looking. Maybe you know, the girls I met in different table tennis team, or my, they may secretly, and so I better listen. And I was like, really into it. Come on, fifteen years old. Come on, <laughs> don't judge me. <laughs> you guys are the same when you were growing. You can't wait for for, for anyone to pass you a card, buy you flowers, right? You come on, come on. And and, and so I was just listening. And you know, then there was one day I turn on and I heard the Holy Spirit said clearly. I was a brand new believer. No one taught me you shouldn't li- listen to secular music. I was just then, I feel the prompting of the Holy Spirit saying that, you know, I've got better things for you uh, to do at this time. That was also when I learned the guitar and I play four chords and from then on, I become a guitarist. It is you. <laughs> and I spend the, the time I used to spend listening to Chusan San I spend singing take me past the outer courts, and you know, I'll just be playing, and say, God, I want to come into your presence. I'll be strumming away. My mom would knock on the door. Wah, and I'll just be like playing on the guitar. But friends, Holy Spirit will lead us. He doesn't need rules. Now, he has got standards. As we read God's word, he would, he would convict us of truth. He would tell us, this is how I want to live. And he would show us things in our own lives that we can either remove, replace, he will. But there are some traditions that we should not impose on people. Like, you know, there's a there are two schools of thought. There are some of us here who are called to be Nazarites. You have got to keep your hair long, you, you can't drink wine, can't touch a dead body. Alright, and so people who use that passage say okay you can't drink wine but they still cut their hair and still you know and so but I totally respect that. Alright, but there are teachings saying if you, if you drink wine, you are, you are lesser Christian. That's not true. Don't get drunk. Don't indulge. There are some people growing up, you will feel convicted going to a movie theatre. And I heard one pastor saying that when he goes to a movie theatre with his kids, you know, after a long fast from movies, and they were watching Disney, Disney, cartoon. There was no... Cuss word that was—it's <laughs> all Disney cartoons, and he said the whole time he felt so condemned. That's not the spirit of God, right? Otherwise, live in the monastery. Don't walk through a mall because you'll be looking at you know posters with suggestive you know clothing and songs playing with sometimes the F word. Then you might ask, "Ask? Well, just put on your gospel music and just walk through." Don't interact with the world. But that's not how God wants us to live. We are in the world, not of the world. There is no sacred, secular divide. Our righteousness in us is stronger than the, the filth of sin in the world. Whatever we touch, we redeem. If you wanna if if you if if you feel strongly that 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 wholesome music is important, then Change it. By God's grace, get into the music industry, touch it, and make it wholesome. Bring kingdom values into that workplace, into that environment. Come on. And I can go on and say things. When I was growing up, there was a belief in some denomination, if girls wear jeans, they're going to hell. Man, a lot of you, are at the brink of judgment this morning, Friends. Wow! If you put on mascara, you are loose woman. So you better repent. I'm serious. If you listen to secular music, you'll be possessed and demonized. And there are a lot of teachings like that that was going on in the body of Christ, and that is not the standard of the Scripture. Um, Amen. So as I close, how do we free ourselves? I don't know what time is it. How do we free ourselves? (laughs) From Phariseeism. Not on the screen. I'll give you four hours. Number one, the first hour is you must realize that you are a recovering Pharisee like myself. You must realize. Right, and I pray that this morning's word is a mirror. As you look at it, as you listen to it again, it's a mirror in your face and you say, God, I am a recovering Pharisee. I've actually put barriers for people to enter the kingdom of God, like what it says in verse 13. Amen. I am a recovering Pharisee. Number two, repent. It's not like, oh, God, kill me. No, repentance is have a change of mind, replace wrong beliefs with truth, with godly belief. What does the Bible say concerning different issues? The way you dress, uh, the things you eat, the things you say. Just look through the scripture and say, God, I want to know truth. I want to live truth. I want to have truth form in my inward part, not. External. Number three, receive forgiveness which is freely given to you. I mean, if you confess your sin, the Lord will not the, the come and take him and say, wow, are you see, I mean, the Lord will come to you and say, hey, I forgive you, man. Receive. Freely you receive and then freely you, you give. Right? There will be people, don't judge. I, I want to say this when you come across a Pharisee, don't judge them because that will show that you are also a Pharisee. They're always comparing themselves. Do you know among the re- re- religious establishments of Jesus that there are four groups and they're always fighting? They all thought that they have got the, the truth. You have, you have got the Pharisees, you have got the set you have got you know, the scribes, and you, and you have got the teachers of the law. They're always fighting until they found a common enemy in Jesus. That was, the, that was what bring them together. I mean, they were fighting against Christ, finally. And after Christ died, oh, they're back fighting again. I mean, don't judge them. Pray for them. And recognizing that you are also a recovering Pharisee. And have the heart of the Father, right? Luke 15 the father was there and it ended, the story of the prodigal son ended with the prodigal, the sinner in the house and the elder brother, the religious person, the Pharisee whom Jesus was telling the story to, expressing the heart of the father and he was saying, son, come in. Son, come in. He wants the Pharisee's home. Amen. And last but not least, number four, rejoice. Amen. Be glad that God has shown us truth this morning and that we can all be free from religion. And we can start walking in this freedom of relationship. Amen. We value people for who they are, not what they are doing and what they are not doing. Amen. And I pray that this becomes part of who we are as a church, that those of us who are stronger, those of us who believe that you know, we are closer to the Lord, will reach out to those who are weaker and struggling and say, can I hold your hand and let's walk along this journey. Amen. And rejoice when they come home. Amen. Let's all stand to our feet. Thank you, Lord. Let's sing this song and then uh, we'll pray. And feel free, uh, the leaders in the front, if the Lord is leading you to either say a prayer or release a word, please feel free to do so. If you have a vision and an area of ministry that you sense the Holy Spirit wants to do this morning. This morning, let's just allow the Holy Spirit to come and examine us and where you are just tell God God I didn't know how much religion I have inside me but Father I repent I repent God from being self-righteous I repent God from imposing my standards on people rather than to lift them up to live by a higher standard Lord this morning I'm sorry God that I have unknowingly set barriers between people and you. Lord, this morning I confess my faults before you. and Father, I thank you that Lord, your hands are wide open. Lord, to the sinners and to, to the Pharisees. Lord, you are healing us from the orphan spirit. And so just, just allow God to do, to do that jesus said i will not leave you as orphans there are two manifestations of the orphan heart one is we hurt ourselves we live in sin we we are we we are estranged from the father we thought we could live life on our own that's a failure secondly we thought we could keep a list that our righteousness is based on performance that in itself is also wrong Just allow Holy Spirit right now to reveal the Father's love and the Father's grace to you this morning. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. And Father, we pray for our church. Lord, we pray that you will just read this church, God, of the spirit of religion. Lord, we want to be Godly, we wanna be seekers of truth, Lord. We wanna honor Your presence, revere You. We wanna fear You, Lord. We wanna walk circumspectly in wisdom before You. We wanna be found in the light. But Father, we ask that we will we will not, Lord, uh, we 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 will not be religious and Lord be law based and be legalistic and Lord uh, be fearful, God of uh, Lord of pushing. Lord, the boundaries. Father, we pray in the name of Jesus that God, the Pharisees and the sinners, Lord, will find a home at the city. That God, there will be grace extended to both groups, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for your love and grace. Before we close, we just reach out to the person next to us. You know, and in your own way, just uh, say a prayer for your brother and for your sister. And ask God to make them more like the radical Jesus. Ask them, ask God to make them more like Christ in the way they speak, in the way they act, in the way they believe. Just respond to the word this morning. Respond to the word this morning. And you know, if you and if you need to repent, if you need to, to say, keep me accountable, help me, just do it right now. Katarabha, Shatarabha, Shodara Katara Mahanda